It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Ranger Ranch. Today we take you back to 1990 talk about a fantasy romance film directed by Tim Burton. Actually, the first uh, time that Tim Burton worked with Johnny Depp on a role, which is uh, kind of sparked a pretty long-standing relationship between the actor and director. Um, Edward Scissorhands is a unique film, but a familiar concept, right? Um, so you have um, kind of a little bit of Beauty and the Beast, a little bit of Frankenstein uh, or Frankenweenie, uh, depending on if you want to go full Tim Burton. But there was actually a lot of things about this film that, um, you know, were very unique. Um, in several interviews, if you ask uh, Danny Elfman or if you ask Tim Burton, uh, what their favorite work is that they've ever done, and they will both say Edward Scissorhands because it was the most personal. Uh, I understand why it's the most personal for Tim Burton. Uh, this is actually based off of a drawing that he uh, drew when he was a teenager. And, um, you know, he had feelings of isolation, uh, not being able to communicate with people around him in suburban uh, Burbank, California, where he was from. Uh, he had a very thin solemn man with long, sharp blades for fingers. Uh, and that reflects his, you know, trouble retaining friendships. And that's kind of, that's pretty personal. You know, that's a pretty personal um, story. And, you know, it's really just, I don't know, just kind of, um, the music is beautiful. So I can see why uh, Danny Elfman considers it his best work, but I'm not sure why he considers it personal. Maybe he had uh, similar experiences as a kid. I mean, I think we we all did, right? Even bullies got bullied at some point, I think, in life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a hard... It's, high, school's, high school's hard. High school is very difficult uh, for a lot of people. So I can, I can definitely understand where they're coming from. 
But a lot of things that make the film, you know, a good experience would be the cast of the film. And really, the only people that were completely attached to the script uh, was Winona Ryder and Diane Weist. So when you look at, if you think about it that, once um, once Diane Weist uh, signed on, that's when people started uh, paying attention. You know, she's uh, very respected. Uh, she's, you know, somebody that, uh, you know, has been nominated for several awards, have won awards. I mean, that's your, that's your, you know, highest, highest actor involved at this point. Therefore, it came on to casting the lead role of Edward, right? Edward Scissorhands. And believe it or not, <laughs> um, they, they first reached out to Tom Cruise. Okay. I know. I know. And, uh, you know, quoting Tim Burton, quote, he certainly wasn't my ideal, but I talked to him. He was interesting, but I think it worked out for the best. A lot of questions came up. Apparently, uh, end quote, Tom Cruise was, uh, he was, you know, he was interested, but he wanted to know if it could have a happier ending. And when you think of Tim Burton, especially with this film, you don't think uh, you don't think happy ending, you know, just not. <laughs> and then we have two actors that turn down the part. Okay, this might shock you. So if you're sitting down, good. If you're not, sit down. Uh, Tom Hanks turned down the part. He was offered. That means he was offered it, but he decided he was going to do the Bonfire of the Vanities which was a complete flop. So he, he went and did that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Tom Hanks as Edward Scissorhands? I mean, I guess he has the, you know, the lankiness, I guess, of the whole, the look, the drawing, right? He's taller than other people we've talked about, like Tom Cruise. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, I can't even picture it. I can't, I can't even, I can't picture it. <laughs> like with the makeup, and everything, look at Tom Cruise, you know, like a picture from the 90s, and just picture him with, you know, the crow makeup, basically. It's weird. Also to turn down the part was Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman would have been a very different choice. I, I said to Nancy, I'm a huge fan of Gary Oldman. Uh, I think I've mentioned that multiple, multiple, multiple times throughout my podcasting life here. And believe it or not, I still can't, I still can't, I can't picture it though. I can't picture it. And this happened before when we talked about casting with uh, Beetlejuice back in the day when I did that episode. And it's weird, you know, some of the, some of the choices that were chosen or at least, you know, considered uh, that didn't happen for various reasons. And you're like, I can't even, can't even imagine anybody else. Uh, Oldman found the story to be absurd, uh, but he did watch the film and he he got it after the fact. But yeah, he uh, he was like, "This is this is a little too this is too wild for me," which is weird to think about. Uh, Jim Carrey was also considered for the role. Can't imagine him playing. I mean, I can't actually. Him probably more than so far that we've talked about. 
And uh, John Cusack. John Cusack is also a character that was favored by those involved, but again, did not did not end up getting the role. Elsewhere, William Hurt, Robert Downey Jr., and musician Michael Jackson uh, expressed interest. Uh, Burton did not talk to all of them and ended up going with an unfamiliar, which was Johnny Depp, uh, who was popular thanks to 21 Jump Street. Uh, this character couldn't have been further from 21 Jump Street, you know, uh, Johnny Depp. But, you know, I think that uh, I think that it really kind of, you know, I think it actually um, is, an, is a good transition to what he became, right? You know, I would I would think that Nightmare on Elm Street would have been, you know, just because he's in that kind of genre would be a little bit better. But again, he played kind of kind of like a 21 Jump Street character. Uh, one of my favorite roles uh, of Johnny Depp was actually in 1990, which was Cry Baby. And, you know, this movie coming around the same time, I'm not sure uh, what the filming schedules were. Uh, but I think Cry Baby is actually... You know, it showed it showed his acting a little better, a little comedy, obviously, but still one of my favorite Johnny Depp films. All right, so we cast Edward. We cast, uh, you know, anybody we needed, you know, to make it good, right? Alan Arkin, Vincent Price, uh, Kathy Barker, um, which you know was normally dramatic roles. Uh, was able to do some comedy as kind of the uh, promiscuous neighbor. And filming began. And along with that came the beautiful music, of course, written by Danny Elfman. It is the fourth feature film collaboration between Tim Burton and Elfman. Uh, and had 79 musicians on the orchestra. Uh, it's his most personal and favorite work, which I... Uh, spoke on earlier. And then there's also three Tom Jones songs in it, which I think I think helps uh, helps it tremendously uh, to kind of break some of the tension in the film and would later be used in Mars Attacks in 1996, which is also composed by Danny Elfman. And uh, actually Tom Jones is in that movie. And I do love... I do love Mars Attacks. I would love to talk about Mars Attacks with all of you at some point in the series. I know it's not fantasy. I think fantasy and sci-fi, I think there's a there's a thin line um, because all sci-fi, well, to non-alien believers is, you know, fantasy, right? Same same kind of same kind of deal instead of elves you got uh, you got aliens. All right, so let's look into the top critics. Again, I have not read any of these. I am literally clicking on button live on the air, so I don't know what I'm running into. But I do know it has a 90% rating. So I do know that uh, things are very po positive out there. Uh, so I am going to read two negatives to start, because that's all I see. Uh, first one from Chicago Reader, quote, An original movie, though not Tim Burton's best. <clears throat> And I'm sorry for coughing. Chicago Sun-Times, quote, this is Roger Ebert from 2000, quote, 
Burton has not yet found the storytelling and character building strength to go along with his pictorial flair. Ooh, pictorial flair. Mm. Uh, positive reviews. We have uh, Daily Telegraph UK quote, Burton's modern fairy tale has an almost palpably personal feel. It is told gently, subtly, and with infinite sympathy for an outsider who charms the locals, but then inadvertently arouses their baser instincts. Hmm. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? New York Times quote, Mr. Burton. Oh, formal. Mr. Burton invests awe-inspiring ingenuity into the process of reinventing something very small. And then, of course, Peter Travers, Peter Travers, quote, Rolling Stone, Burton's richly entertaining update of the Frankenstein story is the year's most iconic, uh, the most comic, romantic, and haunting film fantasy. Mm, indeed. End quote. Well, I will do Washington Post, quote, Depp is perfectly cast. Burton builds a surrealistically funny cul-de-sac world. And there are some very funny performances from grown-ups uh, Diane Wiest, Kathy Baker, and Alan Arkin. Ah, yes. Comical. Um, you know, I will say I think that um, their roles are uh, funny, comical, uh, ph phony, phony in a way, a little a little jab at uh, suburbia uh, when it comes to, honestly, stereotypes of suburbia, at least in my opinion, uh, growing up in that kind of environment, I would say, uh, then later being removed from that environment and put in a different one, uh, I was able to compare and contrast urban and suburban life. So I feel like I have a little bit of a gist of it, but this is, you know, primarily a satire of those things. I did not really talk to my neighbors uh, throughout the 90s. It wasn't really a thing. Uh, there were a few kids on the street. I played with them. But all in all, nothing like what we saw in, um, in movies of this time, right? Uh, if you go back to my episode on the Burbs, I think I actually get into it a little bit more. Uh, feel free to do so if you'd like more of a critique on Hollywood's version of suburbia. But for now, I think we've discussed all we need to. Uh, Edward Scissorhands, it's hard. It's, I, I wasn't able to let the kids watch it. Uh, just because there is that, you know, death in the film that is actually quite surprising. It was actually kind of um, off-putting to a lot of viewers at the time. It kind of took them out of the story because it was kind of like, whoa, whoa, what am I watching? So, and that, that happens, but it, it is kind of, you know, it is the climax to the film where, you know, things get a little too real, I think. Um and I don't think I don't think it's really um, expressed enough that he is a humanoid. Um, I I don't think that's really clear. At least it wasn't when I watched it when I was young. And it's uh, it's still a great. It really is, you know, the retelling of Beauty and the Beast and Frankenstein and kind of a mishmash. But it it is a beautiful film with excellent music and. Uh, someday I'll let the kids watch it, but as of right now, this is uh, one of the few films on my list that uh, did not make the cut to have the kids watch it with me. 
But anyway, great fantasy film, even if you don't really see how it is truly a fantasy because there's not, uh, you know, orcs and wizards and everything else. But fantasy is a much broader category than I think we give it credit for. Uh, this is more than fiction. Uh, it is a fairy tale, truly, in uh, every sense of the word. And it is, in fact, a fantasy. I don't. I'll take. I'll take the hits. It's okay. This is. Uh, this is how I label this film. And I think Tim Burton would as well. You know, he uh, considered it a fairy tale, and it really is. It really is. So until next time, make sure to go watch uh, Edward Scissorhands to really. You know, I mean, Johnny Depp uh, watched a lot of Charlie Chaplin in preparation for this role, trying to uh, convey emotion and act without dialogue and i think it i think it really shows and i i think it really kind of put him in a in kind of a you know character actor um hallway that he just hasn't hasn't really left but uh he's tried but it just doesn't it doesn't work out i think everybody expects the this kind of uh performance um character acting wise uh, from him at all times now which is fine, you know. I mean, you know, after hearing that it could have been Jim Carrey, I think I think we're all blessed uh, that it was in fact Johnny Depp, uh, which was news to me uh, before recording this episode. So I hope we all learned something, and uh, I'll talk to you next time. Until then, be well.